You've been saving all your life, and now, as you approach retirement, you find out that whether you want to or not, at a certain age, you've got to take out a certain amount of money from those accounts each year or pay hefty fines. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 378, Joe and Big Al explain required minimum distributions. How do they work? When do you have to take them? And do Roth IRAs have RMDs too? Plus, were the fellas being misleading when they talked about claiming Social Security early versus late if you save the benefits? Listen for their rebuttal. When you change 401k custodians, is that a transfer or a whole new plan? Can you convert your entire 401k to Roth and should you? Finally, if you're worried about high tax brackets in retirement, should all of your contributions now go to Roth? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joey Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Answering your money questions. Go to yourmoneywealth.com. Click on Ask Joe and Al on the air. We'll answer them right here. Uh, sometimes that button works. Sometimes it doesn't. And so if you've emailed us lately, uh, we probably didn't receive it. So try again. You can write us an email or leave a message on like Scott did. Hey, you guys. I hope you're doing well. I have a question about MRDs, I guess, minimum required distributions uh, for a 403B. I know that you have to start taking them at a certain time, 72 and a half or, or I don't know if they've changed that. But when it comes to the age when you have to take it, do they just automatically start sending you checks? Do you have to fill out an application? Blah, blah, blah. What is the process for you to start taking it so that you don't get penalized? Thanks. All right. A good question. So um, required minimum distributions, RMDs or MRDs, is right. what Scott likes to call them. Yeah. And, and a lot of people do call them MRDs. Uh, the, the age right now is 72. So that's our current age. There's some legislation that could make that longer, but at the moment it's 72. And if you do not take your required minimum distribution, you are penalized. It's a 50% penalty. So let's say Scott has to take $10,000 as a required distribution from the account and he doesn't take it. He is penalized $5,000. So it's a pretty hefty penalty if you do not take your required distribution. And you would think with that big of a penalty, they would just send you a check, but they don't. Uh, you have to right. request the money from the custodians. Well, you do. And I, and I think it's partly because the year you turn 72, you don't have to take your required minimum distribution that year. You could take two the following year. And then some people want to take it at the first of the year. Some people want to wait to the end of the year. So the IRS gives you all that choice. The brokerage house doesn't know what you want to do. So you, you have to take action on that. If you have an IRA, uh, multiple IRAs, you can take one required distribution from one IRA. Let's say Scott here has a 403B and he has an IRA and let's say he has a 401k plan. He would have to take a required distribution out of each of those plans. So then that's where it even gets more complex. If he's got multiple 403Bs or multiple 401Ks, then he has to take an RMD out of each of those. He can't just satisfy the required distribution. Let's say the, 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 the required distribution is 30 grand if you looked at all of his retirement accounts. So he took 30 grand out, he paid the tax on it. But if he had four different retirement accounts that had a requirement, he had to take it from all four of them. And if he didn't, then there would be a penalty on the ones that he didn't take out up to 50%. So you yeah. want to make sure that you do it. Yeah, you're so, right. 
And then, and then when it comes to like a Roth 401k, you have to take an RMD, but if you have a Roth IRA, you do not have to. So there's a lot, a lot of rules you want to make sure that you understand because you don't want to get penalized at 50%. I will say this, Joe, it's, it's a common mistake. A lot of people make this mistake. The IRS, if you request an abatement of penalty for a first year, they will usually I'm not going to guarantee it. They will usually abate the penalty because you didn't really understand the rules. They're not going to do it a second time or a third time. Right. And that's why, in addition, that you have like your required beginning date is April 1st, the year that you turned 72, right? It used to be 70 and a half. But let's say the, you forget, you, the you year, don't know or whatever. Yeah. The it, year, the year, out, the, year sorry. the year after you turned 72. Yeah. You said the year of the year oh, after. April 1st, the year after you turned 72. So you could take it the year you turn 72, or you can take it the following year. So you got that, that double year, just in case you blow up. Right. So would it be a good idea to actually consolidate accounts before you are required to start taking RMDs to make it so you have less accounts that you have to pull from? That would make sense to me. So if you're one of those people that's got, you know, you're opening an IRA every time you're making a contribution and you've got 200 accounts, that might be a bad idea. Right. Right. In Atlanta. Helen Wheels. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> open up like 5,000 IRAs or something. Yeah. Well, they're, they're IRAs. So she, she could just take one RMB. But if oh, she, there you, go. you know, yeah, that's what's so hard about this. If it's IRAs, you can treat it as if it's one account, even though you got 25 or 500 accounts. But when it comes to 401ks, 403bs, all of them are separate. Like, let's say you have three or four 401ks from old employers and you kept them with the old employer, you got to take an RMD from each one. We got Linda writes in, my BF, who has never touched his IRA as of yet, tells me he has to start taking the RMD at age 72, and he thinks that I'm going to have to take out more than my monthly $2,500. What's the truth of this situation? <laughs> like, how the hell do we know, Linda? <laughs> Well, let's let's go on what we know. So $2,500 a month would be 30,000 for the year, right? You could take 30,000 and divide it by 4%, which is roughly, you know, I guess how much that how let's see 30 divided by 900,000. Yeah, 750, 750,000. If your Linda, if your account is above 750,000, yes, you're going to have to take out more because it's roughly 4%. There's a, there's a, there's a uniform lifetime table that you have to look up to, to figure out your age every year it changes, but I'll just for simplicity, it's roughly about 4% of your account balance at age 72 is what you have to take out. If your account is lower than 750, just keep taking out the 2,500. You're fine. Yeah, because at age 72, your BF is correct that you are going to have to take a required minimum distribution out of the overall retirement account. The amount is based on the balance of the retirement account on 1231 the following year. So for the, this the pri year, the prior year, the prior, the prior year. year, not the yeah. prior yeah. year. So for this year, for 2022, you look at the balance of 1231 2021. Look at that account balance. And then you use the divisor, depending on what your age is, and then that's going to de determine how much money that needs to come out of that account within that calendar year. If the money does not come out of the account within that calendar year, then there's a penalty. It's a 50% tax penalty on any distribution that is not taking out that is a requirement. So what Al's doing is just backing in the math to say, we don't, she didn't give us any information, right? She's just like, 
tell me the situation. <laughs> what, what's the what's the truth? <laughs> it's the truth here. Is my BS BS in me? Um, <laughs> That's you know, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but here's the truth. The truth is that he's not BSing you to some degree that you have to take money out. But we don't know how much money that you have to take out because it's based on the balance of your retirement account. It's not a fixed dollar amount. It's not like you need to take $2,500 amount when you're or 30,000 out when you're 72 and 50,000 when you're 73. And it's a percentage based on the account balance. So if you have a $20,000 account balance, it's just a small percentage. If you have $2 million, you know, then of course, then it's the same percentage, but the dollar figure is going to vary depending on what the, the balance of the account is. Yeah. And I think that just to sort of summarize, so you, you go to that table, I think, and when, at age 72 from memory, I think it's 25.5. That's the factor. So you take your IRA balance, December 31st, the year before divided by 25.5. That's how much you have to distribute in an RMD. If you're $2,500 per month, 12, 12 months, 30,000. If, if that is, if, if your RMD is lower than that, you're fine. If your RMD is higher than that and you turn 72, then yes, you're going to have to take more out. All right. Speaking of RMDs, we got a question here. It goes, my husband will turn 72 this November. He has a traditional IRA of 78,000, a Roth IRA of 27,000 and a SEP IRA of 3,300 bucks. What is his RMD for this year? Our Roth IRAs Exempt from RMDs. Thank you. What, what, what she's asking us to calculate the RMD. Yeah, I just, I just did. How much is it? <laughs> uh, two thousand nine hundred seventy-seven. Two thousand nine hundred seventy-seven. <laughs> so he turned seventy-two at November. Yeah. His required beginning date is the following year. So yeah. if he takes it this year, what balance do they look at? Well, they, they look at the balance from the, at the, well, and I don't even know if this is the right balance to look at, right? That's so, right, exactly. it, 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 yeah, yeah, good point. So it needs to be December 31st of the year before. You take that balance, you go to the uniform lifetime table, you look at your age 72, and you see a number 27.4. So you take your, your IRA balance, you divide it by 27.4 to get your number. But it's December 31st of the year prior. Correct. It's not what it is. Kind of like, oh, the market is down 30%. So now I'm going to take my required distribution. Yeah, right. At a lower amount, or if the market was high or, or, or whatever. So it's based on that balance the, the prior year. Yeah, good point. Yep. And what and, about and, the Roth IRA? The Roth IRA is exempt. It is. Okay. Just no. want to confirm that. Roth IRA. Roth, for, Roth 401k is not exempt, but Roth IRA is you would just roll the Roth 401k into the Roth IRA. Cleans that up. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the first question or your question, Andy. Yeah. I would roll all my accounts into one. Make it simple. The only reason why you wouldn't is that there's like a risk of protection, let's say, in 401k plans. So if, if you think you're going to get sued, if you're worried about that, um, you know, you have some better liability protection with the 401k plan with an IRA, depending on the state and depending, you know, I guess if it's civil or criminal, you know, so um, I guess it's what your, your character. <laughs> yeah, it does depend upon the state. I know we're in California and California allows you to roll um, money out of a 401k and it still qualifies for that same treatment, but not all states do that. 
Yes. So it's so look at yeah, but in, in most cases you want to consolidate, make your life easy. So I was just going to say another reason not to consolidate is if you're 55 and you retire and you need to take the money before 59 and a half, keep it in that 401k at that point. You don't really have to worry about it till age 72 when RMDs start. But if you want to get it access to your funds and you have a 401k and you're retiring at 55 or later, you can pull the funds out, pay tax, but no penalty. Learn how to avoid five costly RMD mistakes before you make them and download that uniform lifetime table to help you calculate your required minimum distributions. Get both from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. You can also read the transcript of today's episode, ask Joe and Big Al your money questions and watch videos of them answering and schedule a free one-on-one financial assessment with an experienced financial professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. When it comes to your retirement, don't leave anything to chance. Find out how to reduce your taxes, maximize your retirement income, and head off any potential mistakes. Click the link in the description of today's episode, your podcast app to go to the show notes and get started. All right, so we got, let's see, misleading by not saying Social Security is being invested. Hi, Joe now. A few times in your episode, you mentioned that most people who take Social Security early and do not need the funds end up spending the monies and not investing. Therefore, you recommended taking Social Security later, say 67 or 70. My thoughts are the opposite. And a large percentage do, in fact, save their Social Security. How the hell does he know that? Instead of market study. <laughs> what, what is he doing? Is he... In fact, a large percentage do save their social security. Well, maybe in your inner circles in La Jolla, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. All, all his neighbors are doing it, Jim. <laughs> I guarantee. You know, my, my mom spends 100% of hers. Uh, <laughs> let's say, for instance, one needs $5,000 per month to support their needs in retirement. They have a 60-40 uh, portfolio with $2 million invested. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, he's talking to his boys at the country club. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's not most people. That's, <laughs> a few people have that. <laughs> that's a few. That's not most. That's a few. You know, when, when you look at Fidelity, they come up with the average 401k balances in the country, and it's like 99,000. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it is. That's what most people have. And that, that's the average, right? <laughs> So. so he goes on at age 62, they decide to take social security and receive a $2,000 per month benefit. This means they need to take out $3,000 per month from their portfolio. So essentially they are saving $2,000 per month because if they did not take social security, they would need to take out the entire $5,000. So they are essentially investing the social security proceeds. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs> now we don't know if this is the correct option because we do not know how long one will live. But I think this is how most people would handle Social Security. I think assuming everyone takes $5,000 out of their retirement because that is their spending needs, and then also spending the $2,000 Social Security at 62 is a bit far-fetched. I don't think we said that. <laughs> If, if they're spending $60,000, they're going to take the Social Security, and then they're going to supplement that income with their with their other dollars. Yes, right. If they're yeah. already taking, they're going to take Social Security first, then they will take, in our experience, 
doing this for 20 some odd years and having thousands of clients in, but I don't know. Far-fetched Al. <laughs> well, you know, we, 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 we try to talk about what we've seen most people do. Yeah. Most people take, most people take social security at 62 because they need the money and they spend yes. every penny and they're still short, right? That that's, that's what most people do. Correct. Now, um, if, if, or, they, or, or they try to take it or, or if they delay it, they're, they're trying to delay because they're going to continue to work and they're going to continue to save. But most people feel the need that they need that fixed income when they retire. They feel that comfort that a hey, money is coming to them. If I have a few million dollars sitting in my brokerage account, I'm probably not going to feel that anxiety. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But if someone doesn't have the few million dollars sitting in their retirement account, they're going to look at things maybe a little bit differently. So I think he misunderstood what we were talking about. We're not saying they're going to take out $5,000 from their portfolio. In addition, take out the other $2,000 from Social Security. Maybe some people would do that. I don't know if it's far-fetched. People, a lot of people are spending, but yeah. it sounds yeah. like this individual is a saver. And savers are so much different than spenders because it's almost impossible for a saver to spend. They're like, True. they, they True. can't do it. It's like, oh, I don't want to see this balance go down. Oh my gosh. And I mean, then there's certain anxiety levels there. People are messed up when it comes to money. I don't care how much money that you have or how little that you have. We're all screwed up. <laughs> all right. I'll go on what? here. Yeah, go ahead. For those of you that, for those that have saved and learned to live within their means for retirement, they most likely will continue the behavior and live on a monthly budget. Yes. I think I just said that without even reading. Therefore, I most always would rather have someone take it early because the break even is far enough in the future, given even a modest growth rate. The odds of passing before the break even is greater than the odds of not. If it turns out, if this turns out to be incorrect and you live past the break even, your $2 million portfolio has had an extra 20 to 25 years of growth. It will more than cover the expense for the remaining years. Your thoughts? I think when we talked about this, we agreed with this concept. If, you, if you're disciplined and can take the money early and you can invest it at a certain rate of return, you'll, you'll do better. I, I agree with that. Most people <laughs> spend their social security, which is, I think, what we said. Another thing we, we talk about, Joe, is social security is tax favored. So on the federal side, only 85% is taxable. So 15% is tax-free. And on the state side, most states, not all, but most states, it's tax-free. So that's a, that's a great tax-favored income source that wouldn't you want to maximize that, right? Okay, but, but his analysis is flawed in a lot of different ways. Because let's say if you are taking $5,000 a month, he's recommending you take it early. I wonder if this guy's an advisor. I think he is. Yeah. So he's <laughs> recommending to his clients to take it early. And then he heard our podcast. He's like, oh, I wonder. It, maybe, his, maybe his clients are listening to our podcast and blowing him up. Yeah. So, right. So $2,000, he's like, all right, well, here, $2,000. Um, I'm going to take that $2,000 and then I'm going to supplement my overall retirement income with $3,000 because my total spend is five. Okay. All right, so I'm taking the $3,000 out of my $2 million portfolio, blah, 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 blah. 
But what he's missing is that there's sequence of return risk as well. What is the market doing? How much money are you spending from the overall portfolio? And what, and what is your withdrawal rate? Because the longer that you can hold that money out, you're going to have a higher fixed income later in life. That's when most people need the money because I'd much rather have a guaranteed large fixed income later in life than have a, a, a guaranteed lower income earlier in life because things happen later in life right? Where you probably need a little bit more cash. And if you run out of cash, at least you have a higher fixed income to potentially do the things that you want to do. We got Schmitty, what, second week in a row. Wow. Right. He must have been golfing in the villages and missed us and probably binged, listened to a, a few episodes and was like, I got to get back to my boys. Maybe. Maybe he liked our answers. So he's going to ask another one. All right. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he didn't like the answer. He's going to give us another chance. All right. Well, what either or (laughs) he goes, Hey guys, my tax guy is questioning my solo 401k. I changed from plan one to plan two. When I transferred it from fidelity to Vanguard, my tax guy thinks it should have stayed as plan number one, because it was only a transfer, not a new plan. What do you guys think? I always appreciate your thoughts. Thanks. Schmitty from the villages. So I don't know what the hell that means, Smitty, but I'm guessing he had a 401k plan, a solo 401k plan at Fidelity. Yeah. And he decides to transfer that solo 401k plan from Fidelity to Vanguard. That's what I get to. So, and his tax guy is going, Smitty, should have <laughs> kept it in plan one or plan two. What I don't even know what plan one, yeah. plan two means. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, Joe, it has to do, you know, each custodian has their own prototype solo 401k plan. So Fidelity had its prototype plan. And when he went to Vanguard, they probably want to use their own prototype 401k plan. Sure, I'm, guess, sure, I'm sure, guessing. Sure. Yep. So, yeah, theoretically, it is the same plan. Yeah, I, I get that. But it's now at a different custodian that doesn't necessarily want to use the other custodian's plan is, is my guess. Well, I, well he, I'm guessing he's just did a transfer. He just said, you know what, I'm just going to transfer it from, from Fidelity to, to Vanguard or roll yeah. it. Well, you know, roll the, the, the Fidelity plan into the, the solo 401k at, at, at Vanguard. Yeah, agreed. And and so the accountant is right. That should not be a new plan. I'm just guessing that Vanguard doesn't want to have a fidelity prototype plan that they are responsible for. So they made them change it into a Vanguard unless it just wasn't very well explained when he opened it up. I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, th- there should be no tax. I think that's his true question. The tax there's no, ta- there's no tax. Correct. Hey, I agree with that. Something's going on here because it went from a, a qualified, unless he screwed up the paperwork, which... <laughs> Which could be past, it, <laughs> uh, right. So the, depending on what paperwork that he did and how he did the movement of money could have, could blow him up. I, I, I'm not sure. Well, uh, I think, I think you're right, Joe. The, the most important thing is it's not a taxable transaction. You've basically just gone from one deferred account to another. And I'm just guessing that Vanguard has a different requirement for its prototype plans, but I, I don't know that for sure. We don't have enough info. Yeah, the only risk is that if, if Smitty blew up the paperwork, because that easily could have happened. And if that happens, then, yeah, it would be taxable. And that's why the tax guys all of a sudden get these different forms from Fidelity of saying, Smitty, what did you do? Because these forms are showing something and you shouldn't have done it this way. 
Right, I mean, why right. would the, ta- the the tax guy wouldn't even know unless there was some forms that Smitty Ghana gave to his tax guy and says, "Here, do my taxes." And the guy's like, "What the hell did you do, Smitty?" <laughs> maybe maybe he took the cash out or got a check in his own name and then put it in Vanguard, so it's a it's a rollover as long as he did it within you know thirty days or sixty days, whatever the I forget now. <laughs> oh. But I mean, we've seen blowups all the time with rollovers and transfers and yeah, 60 yeah. rollovers, and then they don't do it. Then they withhold taxes. And then, oh, uh, so I hope, I hope Schmitty's okay, but I guess we'll, we'll stay tuned. He'll be okay. We know he's got a great golf cart that he's driving around. So he's happy. Hey, Smitty, you told us once a long while back that all the guys at the Bait Shack thought YMYW was a riot. So I want to know, what do your golf buddies in the villages think of the podcast? Also, thanks to Jagged1871, No Username Left 55, Marcus Forelius, Blue Space 71, QDog69, and all the other Redditors who have given YMYW a shout out on Reddit, aka the front page of the internet. And thanks to Andy Wang from Inspired Money for sharing tons of YMYW videos on Twitter. Now, what about you? Who have you told about your money, your wealth? Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, then click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions and to let us know where you've shared YMYW too. Uh, got Lester writes in from Tacoma, Washington. He goes, I drive a Ford Bronco and I drink Coors Banquet beer. Ooh, Coors Heavy. Yeah, I have those every now and again when I'm, you know, kind of, you know, kind of in a mood. You ever have the Coors Banquet? It's got like the short little um, glass. Uh, I have, I have had it. Yep, I like it. Yeah. So Lester recently resigned from my employer, and I have two hundred thousand dollars in my traditional tax deferred four hundred one k. I'm struggling to determine if I can directly transfer these dollars into a Roth IRA and pay the tax. All right. Finding the answer is complicated because I also have $750,000 in a traditional tax-deferred IRA that includes $50,000 of after-tax contributions. If I can simply move the 401k to a Roth IRA and not deal with these non-taxable bases in my traditional IRA, it'll make life simple. I hope this makes sense. If not, Joe can make fun of me. Thank you. Love the show and the humor. Lester. Oh, come on, Lester. My Coors Banquet Beer Buddy. You make fun of Lester? No, you wouldn't do that. No. Schmitty, on the other hand, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, someone that writes in over and over again. It's it's fair game. So, all right. I, but I don't understand why. What, 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 so Lester's got, he's worried about the pro rata in aggregation rules. So he wants to convert the money. But what is, he just doesn't want to figure out what the pro rata and aggregation rules are? That's what, it's, that's, what, that's what it sounds like. So let's first answer his question. You, you yes. can, the answer is yes. Yes, you can roll the, the 401k into a Roth IRA. You pay tax on 200000 end of story. You're done. But you can do that. There's a smarter way, though, which is you roll it into your IRA. Now your IRA has close to a million bucks. Not quite, almost. And you got 50000 of basis. So everything you convert, roughly 5% is tax-free. Right, at least, and ninety-five percent is taxable. But you can avoid the whole thing by just doing a, a, a conversion right from the four hundred one k to a Roth if you want to. But Lester, do you want to convert two hundred thousand dollars in one given tax year? Is my question to you. If you want to take that tax bite, then by all means, then you can do it directly from the four hundred one k to the Roth IRA. But a two hundred thousand dollar conversion is a 
is a pretty big number when we're looking at a million. I mean, he's converting 20% of his retirement account in one year. So that gives us pause. That gives me a little bit of concern of saying, hey, I get that you don't want to deal with the pro rata rules and figure it out on the tax form because I guarantee you Lester does his taxes by hand via pencil, right? Yeah, or tur- <laughs> TurboTax. Yeah, and I, and I get it because you have to do that, that form. What is it, 8505 or 8305? 86. 86. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> I think you're right. 8606. It's yes. not, not that hard a form, but ne- nevertheless, yeah, that is the bigger question here. Here was my thought, I guess, is if he recently uh, resigned from his employer and if he's not planning on working anymore during the year, maybe he's in a low tax bracket, maybe it does make sense, but we'd have to know a little bit more information. And I think you brought up the key thing, Joe, which is you can do it, but should you, right? It, it depends upon your income level and your tax bracket. Right. Because as Al said, if you roll it into your own IRA and let's say you do conversions of not 200,000, but maybe you want to do a conversion to the top of the 12% tax bracket, right? So the top of the 12% uh, tax bracket, taxable income is roughly $80,000. And so maybe you want to do a $50,000 conversion because your taxable income is you know, 30,000 or something like that, because you've resigned from your overall organization and you have other cash that can supply your, your, your living needs. So you do a $50,000 conversion versus a $200,000 conversion. 5% of that $50,000 is going to be tax-free, right? So what is that? 2,500 bucks is tax-free. The rest is going to be taxable, but it's, it's 50 grand. That That's more reasonable. That's, and then you you, you convert 50000 over the next several years and get a lot of that out at a 12% tax bracket. Or maybe you want to go to the 22. But it sounds to me at 200, that's in the 24. Is 24 makes sense? But so, I mean, that's the rationale. I guess what I want Lester to do is to take a look at what tax bracket he's in today. What is the appropriate conversion amount? Is it the top of the 12? Is it the 22, the 24, whatever it is? And then look at where is he going to be in the future, right? Is he done working? How much money does he have in other types of income? Look at age 72, forecast this thing out. What tax bracket does he think he's going to be in when required distributions hit? Is he going to be in the same bracket, lower bracket, higher bracket? Then that's when you want to start looking at conversions at a higher number if you're going to be in a lot larger bracket in the future. But do the math first. Don't just try to simply say, you know what, I... I don't want to figure out the 8606 form. So I'm just going to convert the full $200,000 and pay a ton of tax. I mean, you know, I mean, an accountant can do your taxes, Lester. <laughs> and it's going to be a lot cheaper than all that additional tax that you might be paying. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's well said. We got Jennifer writes in from California. He goes, Hey, Andy, Joe, Big Al, I recently found your podcast and have been thoroughly enjoying it. I listen to you while I'm at the grocery store. She's grocery shopping, Al. She's listening. Wow. Right. That's a first. They got a good deal on Coors Light? I don't know. Yeah. Man, making me hungry. Um, or commuting to work. I love to have you spitball and or poke holes in our plan. All right. Let's see if we can do that. Jennifer from California. Our current total household income is $280,000. Hubs is fifty. We'll be hanging up the gun belt in two years and we'll receive a pension equivalent to his current pay with COLA. All right. 
going back to Jennifer. Sorry, Jennifer. Hubs is 50. Hanging up the gun belt. Must be a police officer. Uh, thank Hubs for your for your service. In two years, he's going to receive a pension equivalent to his pay. I am. I wonder if you know what. If I'm a Californian, let's say this guy pulls me over. Say, hey, Hubs, you <laughs> <laughs> think he'd let me let me off? Uh, well, hey, hubby. Hubby. I think I think I know it Jennifer. I, I did a little spitball for you, bud. Come on, yeah. help a brother I, out. I think it depends upon how well we answer the question. Because if we don't do a good job, that all bets are off. Got it. Okay. Jennifer, 46, plan to continue to working, making $130,000 a year, at least until age 62, when our home is paid off in three blessings or off the payroll. Uh, we will have medical coverage through Hubs uh, job and retirement. I have a traditional, does, does Annie call you Hubs, Hubby? <laughs> no, never has called me that. <laughs> All right. He just calls you Big Al. I have a traditional 403B worth 700000 Current contributions, 10%. Pre-tax, 10% Roth. And I contribute the max each year. Hubs has a 457 worth 52000 pre-tax. And a 401k worth 200000 We each have Roths funded through that special door for a total of $58,000. I will receive a lump sum at 62 of 517000 uh, My question is, should I make all future contributions Roth? I feel somewhat painful right now, but I'm worried about being in a high tax bracket in retirement, given the old pension. Hubs won't get Social Security, but I will and would like to take it at 70, estimated about 4K per month. Or should we make work contributions pre-tax, do backdoors as long as they're legal, and then convert after I retire? And before I take Social Security, is this enough money? Sometimes I listen to what other people have saved and feel incredibly intimidated. You know, Jennifer, don't you worry about that. Because some people just BS their numbers. Oh, I got $8 million. Can I retire? <laughs> you know, then we talk about it on air. And then they, they feel very confident in their situation. And they, don't, they, they have nowhere near that. They got like 80 grand. You're doing great. Yeah. Or should we make, um, okay, so intimidate. Don't be, all right. Hubs, hubs will take care of you. Lastly, <laughs> we do have an emergency fund, but no taxable account set up, all right? Uh, would it be wise to start funding that? Everything we have earmarked for retirement goes into the work-sponsored plans. Expenses are roughly $130,000 per year. We got three pricey teens at home. They all have 529s and will cover two years of university and they will go to a community college uh, for two years first. I would like to predict spending $120,000 per year in retirement to allow for fun and travel, but who knows? All right. I drive a 2021 Telluride. It's in Telluride. I don't even know what that's that a Kia. That's a city, isn't it? It is, a, it is it's a, a city Kia. too. Yeah. A little yes. sports or a little ski resort. Yeah, ski resort, Colorado. Got but it. it's also an SUV made by Kia. Oh, all right. Tell you right. I was perfectly happy driving my 2011 Sienna minivan until someone rear-ended me, and it was totaled, and I had to buy a new car in the worst market ever. It is a kind of a really terrible market. It's, it's tough, yeah. And houses and almost everything, really. Oh, boy. All right. Hubs drives a 1998 Toyota 4Runner in a patrol car that he will have to go. turn in when he when the day comes. We have a three-year golden retriever scout. For beverages, I like a crisp sparkling water. 
Really? That's pretty boring. <laughs> and Hubs likes little little something. Little something IPA. That's another little something IPA. He'll need to switch to PBR. Damn right he should. PBR <laughs> damn good beer. We gotta get Jennifer on something here. A little crisp sparkling water. Maybe that's a little champagne. That could be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So let's we but one thing we don't know, or maybe we do know. Expenses, uh, hundred thirty thousand a year. Okay, but a total household income is two eighty, two eighty minus one thirty. Um, yes. So let's assume Hubs is making one fifty, and pension will be the same. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hundred percent go Roth. Easy as that. Yeah, it is. That is an easy answer. Yeah. But but let me let me. I just ran a couple of numbers while you're reading, Joe. So if Jennifer has seven hundred thousand right now, and I'm assuming it's pre-tax currently. And if she contributes 10% of her 130,000, that's 13,000. I just ran it for 15 years at 6%. So it's going to be worth about 2 million bucks, right? So it gives you an idea what it's worth. You know, the RMD, now she's not going to be anywhere near RMD age, but just pretend she was just to give you a sense of the income. It would be about 80,000, 4% of 2 million. Her social security is maybe 50, call 40,000 taxable husband. 150,000 pension, if that's right. So now we're to 270. In other, in other words, it's a pretty healthy retirement income, which right now is in the 24%. But in just a few years, 2026, it will be likely 28% subject to alternative minimum tax, which will feel like 35%. So anything that you can do in what is now the 24% bracket, which is probably what they're in, is a good deal. So I would go all Roth as well. So the issue is this, Al, which you, you kind of missed quite a bit of this, is that he's got seven, she's got seven hundred, he's got two fifty, right? She's fully funding the four hundred one k, ten percent Roth, ten percent pre tax. He's full fully funding. They're also going to get a lump sum um, of five hundred thousand that's pre tax, right? So y- your numbers are right, but they're going to be even higher, I guess. Even higher. Yeah. Well, I didn't do the husband's because he's only another couple of years working, but yeah, there's another lump sum. That's, and that's at age. I, I was just kind of running this as if they were full retirement age, RMD age, just to, just to get a sense, but you are right, Joe, it's actually going to be quite a bit higher because the assets are going to continue to grow because they're not even spending, you know, if they're spending 150 and husband makes one, 150, let's just say that pension's right. So it, I agree, it's going to be higher still. Right. So what, here's what happens with, with police officers. They retire at 50, then they go to the sheriff's department, and then they double up there, right? right. I mean, a lot in, in um, where we live in California, that happens quite a bit. And so they, they can, all right, they're collecting their $150,000 pension. They go to the sheriff's department, or they go to another county, or they do this, or they, they go back to work. He's 50, right? He's a cop. The guy loves adrenaline. He has to. Maybe he wants to take a year off and chill and go to Hawaii and drink some something, something with Big Al. But for the most part, he's probably wired a little bit different. Just needs a, something. He's probably he's not going to be a couch drunk. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. But if he <laughs> continues to work, she's going to work for quite some time. They're, they are already savers and they're going to have huge fixed income. The easy answer, Jennifer, is go Roth. Right, go Roth because you're going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement, most likely with the assets that you currently have. Right. And I know it's painful, but doing conversions is more painful, right? Because 
you might believe, oh, I'm getting more money into the pre-tax 401k and it, in, in, because of my paychecks and things like that in the after-tax account. And my take-home pay is not more or, or, or it's less. But doing conversions after you retire, who knows what the law is going to be? Who knows where tax rates are going to be? I would take advantage of it now and get the compounding of those dollars 100% tax-free, right? You're still very young. This money's going to compound for 20, 30, 40 years. And then your three expensive kids are going to inherit nice fat Roths versus a taxable account that's going to be infested with tax. All right, that's it for us. Sayonara. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. If you're wondering about the weird noises you heard as Joe and Big Al answered Jennifer's question, stick around to hear about Al's gardener and Joe's body issues in the derails at the end of the episode. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Oh, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Are you okay? Yeah, my hip flexor just kind of blew up on me. Yeah. Has that been a problem problem lately for you, the hip? No, not really. Not normally. Sometimes it sticks. My hip flexor sticks a little bit. Got it. um, Still recovering from back surgery. I know you are. Yeah. That was was a while ago, though, right? What, what, eight months ago? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Takes a while. Well, you're doing rather well, I would say. What is that sound? What the hell is that noise? Oh, that's the gardener. (laughs) It sounds like Uh, he's playing like a really strange instrument. Yeah, it sounds like weird birds that are like living in your. It's like now it's like a, it's like a leaf blower or something. I don't know. You know, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> You're just going to have to talk through it. Oh, I was like, wow, that's like freaking me out. <laughs> um, for those of you listening at home, uh, Big Al is still in Hawaii and the lovely Bird. birds of. We have We have lots of gardeners here. Birds and gardeners. <laughs> Birds, gardeners, you know. And rain, too. <laughs>